Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above. Happy Labor Day to all of you in the United States. I'm working even on Labor Day. It should be called Laborless Day, but unfortunately, a lot of people still have to work on the holiday, <laughs> and that's okay with me because I did not want to... Um, only have one day with you this week, especially on a day like today, where we have several things in play, not just the new moon, but we also have Mercury entering into the shadow zone of his next retrograde. And we have trines between Mars and Pluto and between Venus and Jupiter, and of course, the sun, moon and Uranus. So we have those things happening. On top of that, we've experienced a nodal shift which means that the, the north and the south nodes of the moon, which drive our collective destiny and the karma that we're experiencing or that we're dispensing with or dispelling, have made a shift into new gates in your human design. And they have moved into gates that <clears throat> represent the archetype of the manifesting generator. So that can be problematic um, unless we know how to work with that energy, especially for those of us who might be the generator, the projector, the reflectors, and the manifestors. You're not used to that injection of that kind of busy manifesting generator energy. Uh, and how do you deal with that, right? So we're going to have to talk about that. As well, we find ourselves today at the end of the Pleiadian Earth calendar week. We've moved into today's 13 Imish in the Mayan calendar or being in the Pleiadian calendar. So we have entered into a day of preparing for ascension to the next level or to the next spiral of consciousness and preparing for tomorrow's new week, new 13-day period of time called One Breathing so it's an interesting day as we're sitting at the cusp of quite a few changes. So welcome to everybody who's joining us. I was chit-chatting a little bit behind the scenes with Kathleen Mallory, who had a great question about how to set intentions for the new moon. So we'll try to get into a little bit of that because I think some other of you might have questions around that. Christine Buckingham, good morning to you. J-Lo, good morning to you. And anybody else joining us? I know some people are probably thinking, wow, she's actually on on a Monday. That's a holiday because typically I do not do that. But uh, today I thought I would do it because it's an important day at the beginning of an important week. So before we get into how to set the intentions for the new moon, let's take a look at what the new moon represents. And I know we talked a bit about this on Friday, but because Friday was three days ago, let's just review a bit about what we talked about then. So um, the moon today, the new moon today happens at 14 degrees of Virgo. So if you have your own astrology chart, and I recommend every day that you come here to listen to me, that you have your astrology chart and your human design chart, and maybe even your uh, Gene Keys chart at some point here, so that you can follow along in your own chart based on what I'm saying. So 14 degrees Virgo puts us right in the center part of the sign of Virgo or almost exact dead center. And the new moon occurs at 5.51 p.m. Pacific time. 851 for those of you on the East Coast. And for those of you 
further east in say the universal time zones or in Europe and Asia, this will happen for you tomorrow morning, 12.51 a.m. in the UTC uh, time zone. And of course, adjust that for the points that you are further east. So we're bridging two days. Uh, but since I'm sitting here in the U.S., today is the day of the new moon or this afternoon is. And actually, at that point in time today, I'll be sitting and watching my grandson play his first JV football game um, for high school as school starts tomorrow here in the Pacific Northwest. Some people started actually last week, so he did play in a game on Friday, but I missed that one. So today we see another football game opportunity. Um, and when we're looking at a new moon, we're, we're primarily looking at a conjunction between the sun and the moon. That means they are occupying the same degree of the sky. So they're both at 14 degrees Virgo. But as you know, Virgo isn't a sign all by itself, right? Any of the signs also play a role with the opposite sign from it. So it forms an axis, if you will. And we see that axis in play very clearly during a full moon as the sun is on one side in one sign and the moon in the other. But at the new moon, it might get lost on us that there is this other point, the point that would be in Pisces. So what we have is an axis that is devoted to service, an axis that is devoted to the work of sharing your talents, your skills, your, your passions with the world. So when we have a new moon across this axis or we have the full moon, it has something to do with that parts of our chart. Now, as well, Virgo and Pisces rule both our mental health in Pisces and our physical health in Virgo. So we also have opportunities then to take a look deep within us. How's our body doing, right? How do we feel in our physical being? It might be a call for us to look at what we're putting in our body, what's in the environment around us, and how toxic or non-toxic is the environment that we find ourselves in, and to look then at the overall uh, way that we are uh, purifying or toxifying, right, either end of our environment, both individually, but also as a species, right, collectively, as this is a collective energy as well, right? So last week, when we talked about the Virgo new moon, we were talking about accepting responsibility, responsibility, a very practical, down-to-earth expression, and accepting responsibility for serving humanity, serving meaning, sharing of yourself, of your gifts, of your talents, of your passions with the world, right? Or with your community or with your family, right? It doesn't mean you have to do it big. Not everybody can be the big uh, people out there, right? That are sharing, but sharing with an individual in your life, sharing with your children, sharing your gifts and your talents with your community, all very important parts of this because we're setting ourselves up for a more healthy future, right? We talked about that. And we have to be able to see ourselves in this as capable creators of a sustainable future, right? Of a sustainable earth, of a sustainable lifestyle. And it's a great time for us then to take a look and evaluate all of those different things um, about how we share of ourselves, how we share of our resources. And as well, it is time for us to take a look at, and this is actually coming from the Dane Rudyard book, The Astrological Mandala, and what that degree, 14 degrees, represents. It really represents the time for us to step into our power, 
step into the power of your lineage right your ancestral line as your ancestral line is also your soul group perhaps is what you want to call it is also on a path of evolution and evolving the soul involving the soul group is your primary purpose for having decided to come to this planet in the first place right this is a planet for learning and growing and expanding and to learn and grow and expand we need experience so this is an experiential planet and our lineage, our ancestral line is here to experience that, to energize who it is that we came here to be and what it is that we came here to share. And then in looking at this particular new moon, then we can look at it as the future is ours, right? We can be the architects or we can succumb to all that's happened and to the shadow and to the the darkness right and that would include being victims of everything that's happening on the planet or being the martyrs right every time i step out and try to do something this happens right so the martyr and the victim are both a part of that virgo pisces axis that we want to release ourselves from so Virgo, the Virgo new moon, Virgo the sign is a sign that rules our habits and our routines. It rules organization and how it is that we perfect things. And it rules the work and the service aspect of who we are. So in the in, with the new moon, it is all about in the service, in the name of service, let's call it. In the name of service, I am and going to do this or I'm going to represent this. I'm going to fulfill this, right? You can fill in the blank there. So as you consider what it is that you might want to focus your intention setting on, how do you want to serve? How do you want to show up? What is your specific genius? We talked about this on Friday too, your, your specific genius. And what is it that you can do to show that to the world, right? Doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't, when I say genius, I'm not necessarily speaking of your IQ. In fact, I'm not talking about your IQ at all. I'm not talking about your mental capacity or your intellectual uh, abilities. I'm talking about that particular part of you that is brilliant and has that brilliance that wants to bring it in, that wants to shine in the world, to be brought out into the world. So, when we're looking at this, how is your role the perfect role for you, right? And, and let's look at the word of perfection, because I think sometimes perfection gets sort of a, a bad rap, right? We, we think of perfection as being nitpicky or hypervigilant about how something looks. But what about the perfection that is in the now? And I'm using that word very deliberately, now. Perfection in the now as we are moving into a time period where the now, this very moment that we sit in, that we live in, that we breathe in becomes very important for the next few months. So perfection in the now. At this moment, everything is as perfect as it could be or else it would be something else, right? So thinking of perfection and what is the perfection of who you are in this moment, then as well, take a critical eye to the details. Virgo, very adept at seeing the details. Pisces on the other end, however, the exact opposite side, has, a, has Jupiter as one of its co-rulers. And as you know, Jupiter is a planet of the bigger picture. 
So in encoded, if you will, in this axis of Virgo and Pisces is the ability to see both the big picture, but really to focus our energy on how to use the details to bring about the bigger picture. Discriminating, right? Using discriminating vis wisdom using your wisdom discriminately, <laughs> using it wisely, right? Wisdom and all that we are able to do and who we are able to be to share that wisdom with uh, each other, with the world. Now, there's also purity in this sign. Virgo, Virgo as a sign that seeks perfection also seeks purity. And because the opposite sign, Pisces, has to do with poisonings and toxicity and the environment of uh, toxic environments. And Virgo has to do with the actual environment that you find yourself in and the environment you find yourself in, in terms of the people that you surround yourself by or the actual, you know, venue that you're sitting in um, and how relatively pure is that environment or relatively toxic is that environment. So we're looking for the purity of heart. We're looking for the purity of mind and the environment. So if you're sitting in a toxic environment, then it becomes more difficult then to project outward a, a, an energy of purity, right? So we have to purify in some way. And purifying might mean becoming more conscientious, more conscientious about what is it that you're taking into your body? What is it that you're taking into your mind? Where are your thoughts focused, right? What do you hear yourself speaking about? How do you verbalize things in your life? I, I um, one of the things that has been really coming up to me sometimes is the thing, the, the sayings that we have, the idiomatic expressions. Like um, yesterday, we we had a family get together and somebody had brought a Marionberry cheesecake to the party. And, you know, I was standing next to someone and they said, oh, this Marionberry pie is to die for. And I went, ah, that sticks in me. What is it to die for something? I don't know, maybe we could reword that and reframe it to this is for living, right? This is to live for. Um, so that just those even minor expressions of words that we use, the strings of words that we put together, that we're really mindful of the meaning behind what we're saying, right? So now that's minor in the grand scheme of things. But how many other times are you thinking about how dumb you are or how... Um, stupid you are, or how oh, I always mess those things up, or I'm not good enough, and all of those kinds of things. These are, this is the time to maybe set goals, to set intentions, to be kinder and gentler to yourself, being more spiritual, and being very cognizant of the words that you are putting out there to the world, to yourself, to your family, to the community that you're a part of conscientious, right? Just being aware, awareness, because then you have choice in what you say and what you do and how you show up. Uh, all right, I'm going to take a momentary break here just to say good morning and see if questions are coming up here. Good morning, Debbie Tibbetts, Tumiel and Ursula. Good morning, Alisa. Hello. And Ursula says, good morning, everybody. Amy D, good morning to you. And Vanita, great to see you out there. J-Lo says, please take a moment to share to help our little family grow. J-Lo, thank you so much because I always forget about that. I get to the end of the shows and I went, darn it, I forgot to say, hit the thumbs up button if you like the video. Please share the video with your friends, your family, your network. 
But also, if you have not yet done so, please hit the subscribe button and let's help the channel grow, especially if you enjoy the information that's being given out here. Uh, thank you so much for that reminder, JLo. Ursula says, born with double Virgo and Pisces. Thank you for this broader perspective. You're most welcome. Um, Ursula, JLo says, I am building the foundation for my lineage, clean slate, as I know nothing of my ancestors and both parents are gone. My siblings also know minimal amounts of information. That actually is such a great opportunity, isn't it? Because the, the blank slate or tabula rasa, right, that is... Um, something that you have that you can write upon. And if it's blank, then there's no need for you to bring up the past, right? You're just in the pure moment of the now. That's very cool. Natasha, good morning. May the new moon bring blessings and prosperity with grace and ease to all as we walk forward in our lives. Very nicely said. Christine Buckingham, discernment, another really great word that goes well with Virgo and Pisces. And um, maybe that's why some people say words are spells. Indeed, Christine, in fact, words have power, right? Words are spells. JLo says, OMG, Janet, the new slang. I hear my girls speak. Many of the words are not allowed in my home. <laughs> that's awesome. And JLo says, you're very welcome. Oh, good. Thank you. And Alana Bailey, I think that's, I'm saying that right, or maybe it's Bailey. Good morning to you. Welcome. I think you might be new here for us. And she has a birthday tomorrow. So let's all wish uh, Alana a happy birthday and many blessings to you in the year ahead. And welcome to Living Astrology. It's good to have your energy with ours. All right. Now that I've said good morning to everybody, let's pick apart the new moon a bit and take a look at some of the major um, uh, transits or aspects that are a part of the new moon. There are really good ones. To me, this is a really good moon. I think it sets us up for the entire fall or autumn season, or if you are down under the spring season, as we are able to see with a trine, which is a smooth flowing energy. So when we're talking about when we're talking about aspects to planets, we're really talking about the relationship between the planets. So when we say that the new moon, which means the sun and the moon in a conjunction, we're saying the relationship to these two is blended, right? They're blended. So the energy of the sun, personality, your ego structure, your outer world expression matches the inner world expression, the inner you, the soul of who you are. Those two pieces come together once a month and give us a new opportunity to begin the next level of our growth here on the planet. Now, when we're talking about a trine, a trine is a 120 degree aspect between the planets. The relationship of that aspect is with is uh, ease and a flow, right? It's a very easy sort of aspect. On one hand, the ease and flow of the trine is very positive and beneficial to us. But on the other hand, as there is always the potential for the more negative, that trine can also become a place of laziness or um, things are going great. I don't need to make any changes, right? Or um, I'm comfortable here, right? I'm in my comfort zone. I don't need to step outside of my comfort zone. It's dangerous out there. It's cold out there. So we stay in the same flow rather than stepping out of the flow. So we have both expressions of the trine. Now, the new moon, meaning the sun and the moon in their blended um, relationship today, are going to be in a trine with the planet Uranus, which is a planet that demands change. He's known as the rebel. 
He's known as the contrarian. He is the upsetter of the norm. He is the upsetter of the, the, the usual, of the comfort zone. So when we have a trine aspect, we have the highest potential to uh, embrace change of all the aspects, right? It's not necessarily one that's being pressed upon us like a square would be, where we have to change because to stay the same, it'd be damn uncomfortable. It's not the um, opposition, which seems to pull us in two different directions, where we have to somehow come to the middle and find a solution. Instead, it's an ease and flow with change. So be open to the potential for surprises or twists and turns in your life, in the story of your life, in the efforts that you're putting outward in your life. But know that those twists and turns and those changes or surprises are positively meant to put you in a direction of getting outside of your comfort zone, right? Of making that upheaval in your life. But because it's the trying, you also have the choice. You can embrace the change and actually step your toe in new territory, or you can stay. You can stay where you've been. But to stay where you've been is not necessarily creating the path to evolution or involution, either one, right? Evolution and involution, outer expression of change and growth and expansion, or inner growth and expansion with involution. Now, Uranus is also known to bring us um, flashes of insight or flashes of intuition, like those intuitive moments where you just know that's the way I need to go, or that's the person I need to talk to, or that's what I need to be, be doing in my life, or that's who I need to be. Sometimes we call them revolution, revelations. We call them revolutions too, but revelationary energy where it's like, aha, those aha moments or epiphanies. And epiphanies are important here because as we get into later this week, the 9th, so on Thursday, we begin to sit in the week of epiphanies, right? So the new moon gives us this opportunity to say, I need something new in my life. I need a change. And ask your guides or your helpers, your, your angels to show you the right path of change for you, for you personally. And then be open because next week especially begins a, a longer period of time. Next week as in the next human design week, which actually begins this week in the calendar week. But we get this opportunity to uh, elongate, if you will, the energy of revelation. So we have the potential for that. But we also have a wide opposition uh, from the new moon to the planet Neptune. And Neptune is happen happens to sit right now with the planet or the asteroid. No, she's a planet, a, a minor planet, um, Pallas Athena. And Pallas Athena is the goddess of wisdom, right? She's the goddess. She's the warrior goddess, but the warrior for wisdom, right? Not necessarily the warrior for killing people or fighting over resources or any of the other reasons why we would go into a warrior mode. She's more of the warrior goddess for spiritual might, spiritual uh, right, um, spiritual wisdom, right? The, that embraces all. There's a sort of inclusiveness to her wisdom. And so that planet is conjunct Neptune, the planet that we normally think of as high spirituality, unconditional love, your higher self, but it can also be elusive, can also be confusion, can also be chaos. So what we have is this opposition with this new moon, with the moon and the sun in the more concrete 
sequential, practical, pragmatic sign of Virgo with Neptune and Pallas Athena undoing that in the abstract because they are sitting in the sign of Pisces. So we have the opposition being pulled in two where we have to somehow come to the middle and we have to harmonize those aspects, right? The concrete with the abstract. We have the order and the practicality of, of Virgo energy, of the sun and moon in Virgo, and the boundaries of, of Virgo pit up against the potential for chaos and boundarylessness in Pisces. So how do we do both, right? How do we, we've got to be discerning, we have to be discriminating, and we have to find the middle ground between those two energies. We have the practical versus the mystical, right? So I think of that as grounded spirituality, right? Grounded in our being, grounded in our physical being. So that's also a part of this new moon. How do we come to the center with some of those different energies? So the new moon itself is very good. It's a very good new moon. It helps us really get some clarity around direction. It helps us get some clarity about our genius and how we want to show up personally in the world. Now let's go to a question that was asked just before the show this morning by Kathleen about how do you set intentions? What does that even mean? I think is, you know, maybe a good question. So again, that goes back to the, the aspect between the sun and the moon, where here in this particular time period, we have this opportunity to start something new. That's what the new moon is all about. Now, if you know your chart and you know, you know, basically what's working in your life, what's not working in your life, you can take this opportunity to set intentions for moving in a more positive direction. So the intention setting is about, and it could be ritualized, it could be any you know, uh, some people have uh, a journal, a new moon journal, and they follow that new moon journal and they just write out, you know, whatever's inspiring them along the lines of what's working in their life or not working in their life, as well as the um, potential of the signs that are involved in either the new moon or the full moon. But with the new moon, we have the opportunity to set up something new. So look at the axis that Virgo is sitting in. So in the, in the chart of the day, um, Virgo is sitting in the 12th house and uh, by opposition, Pisces then is, would be in the sixth house. Well, that happens to be the axis of mental health on one side or spiritual health on one side and physical health on the other or the, the practical expression of spirituality in the world. So if this is a person and their new moon is across the uh, 12th and the sixth house, maybe the intentions are about how to ground in spirituality. Maybe you're spending too much time in the spirit or you're spending too much time out in the physical. So you want to bring them together and be the embodiment of your divine self, right? The embodiment being in the physical. That axis, the 12th and the sixth house also represents fear on one side, right? And health on the other. So when we're looking at the potential here of how we self-sabotage, maybe you're somebody who, you know, knows darn well that eating those foods are not the right foods, but somehow you keep sabotaging yourself. So the opportunity here is to set an intention to only feed your body and your mind good things, right? Positive things, the things that support it. Maybe you need a new routine, Virgo routine to embody health in some way. Maybe it's about nurturing yourself and how can you do that? So the step is to take a look at your life, 
where are you seeing that there's something missing or something that you want to um, uh, put some more focus on and then set the intention and the intentions are positive. I have this silly book up here. Okay, the new moon, this book, I love this book, New Moon Astrology by Jan Spiller. And if we look at Virgo, 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 in this book, it tells you what to wish for, right? So you have things up there. Virgo rules the physical health, including diet, exercise, establishing good health habits, weight control, healing, and the healers, right? And then below that are sample wishes or sample things that you can say as intentions. In this book, she calls them wishes, using new moon power days to change and revitalize your life. So I want to easily find myself attracted to and consuming only those foods that are healthy for my body, right? That's an intention. You write that intention, right? And then you can do a ritual around it. I don't know what that means, drawing a picture, um, putting you know out a little altar of what good foods look like for you that you see that you're always reminded of. Um, I want the addiction to whatever, sugar, cigarettes, alcohol, coffee, etc., totally lifted from me. I want to e easily establish my weight at blank pounds in a healthy way that is beautifying for my body. Let's do something else. Let's look at Virgo's connection to work, your job, service component of who you are. I want to easily find myself creating a routine that gives me plenty of time for work, play, time with my family and fill in the blank. Maybe it's doing art. Maybe it's writing. Maybe it's singing. Maybe it's dancing. Maybe it's hanging out with myself. Maybe it's meditating, right? You fill in the blanks. So the idea behind the new moon is to set intentions in the positive in a way that makes it feel and seem like it is already in the offing. It's already happening or happened, right? And Often people will add those little qualifiers like easily and effortlessly or with ease and grace um, to it um, in the, my highest and best, those kinds of things that help set the intention for the positive outcome, right? Once upon a time, I'm going to tell you guys a funny story because once upon a time, uh, let's see what's on my 12th house, it would be uh, cancer. Uh, Gemini, excuse me. So there must have, well, this was when I was using the Placidus system. So it would have been cancer that was on my, uh, part of my 12th house. <clears throat> and I have the sun and had the sun and Mercury both in the 12th house in that system. Now I only have the, the sun there. But uh, at that time, I said to the universe, I want to live without any, I, I want all my fears around prosperity, around, um, living on the edge taken from me, right? I, I sort of worded it in, in more of the negative aspect. And I'm telling you, over the next week, any bill that was outstanding that I'd overlooked came up in a collection letter or with a phone call that said, hey, you know, you haven't done this. Um, I came very close to losing my home. It was almost overwhelming because I forgot the qualifier with ease and grace. I ended up with migraines that whole week because of all of the things that suddenly happened because I was facing all my fears. They were all up in my field. Now, you could do that if you want to go on the fast track. But you know, at that point in time, I didn't know about the ease and grace. If I had done that, maybe it would have might have been a whole much easier experience. But suddenly every fear that I had 
was up in my face, right? So I remember that and I never do that again with that 12th house, especially not with the 12th house. So if you have a 12th house, new moon, anything that you want to work through, if, whether it's a limit, a fear, a block, a self-sabotage, um, you want to do that with ease and grace. Ease and grace. Learned that lesson early on. Uh, so I hope that helps Kathleen in helping you determine what it is that you want to focus on in making an intention for your uh, new moon. Um, okay, so Christine Buckingham, sun in Pisces, trine moon in Scorpio. Wow, very deep. And later this week, we have Venus moving into Scorpio. So you're going to have some big opportunities to really look at in the inner realm for your intuition, for your higher self, and how it is that you're you're listening or not to your intuitive abilities. Susan Bronlin, good morning. How's it going over there? J Lowe's saying hello to you. Kathleen Mallory, I have part of fortune in Virgo, seven degrees in the 10th house. So for you, part of fortune, which always represents, by the way, the sun, the part of fortune is a mathematical um, expression of the sun and the moon in your own natal chart. I don't want to get into the complex nature of what, how that's figured out, but just know it's a mathematical expression and it's placed then in the chart at this mathematical point. So it's not a real planet. It's not, it, it's a point, right? A sensitive point, yes, in your chart. But the part of fortune always shows you where the most joy is located for you. The most joy is located when you satisfy the 10th house need for claiming your own authority, for living authentically. So I hope that helps, Kathleen. Um, J-Lo says, my palace is conjunct palace. So you're having a palace return, right? You're saying the transiting palace is conjunct your natal palace. And that means you're having a palace return. So you're starting a new pathway of the spiritual warrior goddess. Uh, Ursula, awesome. Nice, nice, nice. And anything else there? No. Okay. So 830. All right. So let's take a look then at some of the other transits of the day that are not necessarily with the new moon. Because I, one of the reasons I knew I had to come on today was it's not just about the new moon. Because we also have today the entry of Mercury into the shadow zone of his next retrograde. Now, as most of you are aware, the shadow zone is the time when the planet moves into the span of degrees that it will retrograde through. And this time, Mercury is going to retrograde between 10 degrees and 25 degrees of Libra. So if you're a Libra, pay attention. If you have Libra prominent in your chart because planets are in it, pay attention and pay attention to the area of the chart where Libra is, even if you don't have a lot of planets in Libra, because this is the part of your chart where this is going to take place. And we know that Libra is a sign of balance and harmony. We know that Libra is a sign about relationships. And it's why when I think of Libra energy, I always think of the three C's. Right. And I wrote them so I wouldn't forget them this morning. Collaboration, cooperation, co-creation. So this is the focus, right? This will be the focus. How do we make a team? How do we work synergistically with one another? How do we work in a synarchy? How do we move humanity toward uh, working in harmony as opposed to working in division? And that starts with each of us as individuals. If we can't work in our own relationships in harmony, how can we expect the wider world to work in harmony, right? 
so it, it goes without saying that those things will be tested for us over these next few weeks, several weeks actually, from today all the way through November 2nd. Because a planet, Mercury, will enter into the shadow zone, he turns, he turns to retrograde on the 26th of September. So we've got about three weeks of him in the shadow. Then we'll have about three weeks of him in retrograde. And then there's the post shadow, the retro shade, if you will. That comes from Suzanne Fulmer. If you're listening, I'll never forget that phrase. And the retro shade will come between uh, the, the beginning of October, the second week of October through November 2nd. So we have a cycle of time of inward looking uh, of at all things Libra, right? All things Libra. So Venus being the ruler here, we could also look at where your Venus is in your chart. And you can take a look at where it is that you might need to bring more harmony, more peace, more love, more joy into your relationships. Now, these aren't just like marriage relationships or significant other relationships, although those are the primary ones that we typically think of with Libra. But it's also your business relationships, right? Your business relationships, but really all of your relationships. So it may be not specific to the children. It might not be specific to uh, your siblings or to your friends, but they're in that because you're in relationship with them, right? So we have the zone of 10 to 25 degrees of Libra. If you have planets in that zone, those planets are going to get touched on by Mercury actually moving through. What does Mercury represent? Our mind, our thought processes, and our communication, how we speak to one another, but also how we speak to ourselves. It's really difficult to be compassionate, loving, and speak beautiful words to other people, but then turn around and be nasty and mean to yourself, right? That's out of balance. That's not balanced. And that will certainly come up in your life if that's happening. So we have to watch for that. Um, it is also during this retrograde, the shadow before the retrograde and the post retrograde, where we have some very tense aspects to other planets around the zodiac. So for example, we have an inconjunct from Mercury to Neptune and to Uranus. And that happens very early in the cycle here for the one to Uranus, where the inconjunct is always a difficult aspect. We have to try to sacrifice something or adjust our energies because the signs don't see each other. They're almost blind to one another, right? So we have uh, Libra and Taurus, even though they're co-ruled by Venus, they just don't see eye to eye right? Libra is an air sign. It shares concepts. It moves. Taurus is an earth sign. It's practical down to earth and it likes its comforts, right? So we have to be able to move through some of that energy. The in conjunct to Neptune is in Pisces. So we have Libra and Pisces in an in conjunct. So we'll have to learn how to be able to apply higher order um, love, unconditional love, even in our relationships where we are experiencing physical love or human love, right? So there's that. We do have an opposition, the opposition from Mercury to Chiron in Aries. So Libra and Aries form the axis of love and war, uh, the axis of I am and we are. So it's, it's the war between us or the love between us, if you will, right? 
So the opposition to Chiron might mean that Mercury triggers uh, a wound through words or something that you're thinking about. And it may show up in your relationship and show up as a recurring theme, one that you get to revisit with a Mercurian retrograde. So remember, as a retrograde planet, it's going to go by it first one way, then it'll retrograde back over it, and then one last final time on its movement forward again. So we have a threefer, right? We get three opportunities to heal the wound here. And how that's syncing up in your own chart is dependent on where what houses it's in what other planets there are in that um, configuration or that relationship then we also have a trine to jupiter so here's the 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 ease the grace the the um the beneficial part of this mercury retrograde where mercury mind communication being um uh put into a higher point of view being more optimistic being more generous because of the trine, the smooth flow of energy with uh, the planet Jupiter. So good stuff, right? Good stuff. So Mercury retrograde of the three this year that we've had in air signs, right? We had Aquarius and then we had one in Gemini. Now we have this one in Libra. Um, I think this one is one that can be, can, can, maybe help heal some relationships, right? If we can use this energy positively, we can really work it toward the healing of our relationships with one another, but also within the outer world, you know, with the people, with the, the relationship we have, you know, with other countries, the relationship we have with other cultures, the relationship we have with other communities, right? That's all possible during this period of time, but it may take some time, right? Some some cooperation, some collaboration, some stepping outside of the normal and getting into co-creation mode. How can we co-create a more peaceful world, a more peaceful relationship, that kind of thing. Um, okay, so let's see. Uh, Kathleen, seventh house is Libra energy. So relationship house with relationship sign. I think it's going to impact your relationships, right? Um, Natasha, oh boy, that was my day yesterday. I knew it was a teller for what to work on this retrograde. <laughs> Happens every time, doesn't it? Or just about every time. JLo says Mars in conjunction with Mars also. So you're having a Mars return, Mars conjunct Eris. Wow, you have a lot going on there. I'm ready. Knowing is half the battle. Now to weave the human design me, right? Uh, weave the whole story together in a new way. Um, because it's a very powerful time, I think, for you to be able to do that kind of work. Um, as well today, <clears throat> I told you it's quite the day, right? We have the new moon, we have Mercury retrograde. I think I'm done talking about the retrograde Mercury, but if you have questions, put those in there. Skipped me. I skipped you, Susan. J Jupiter, 24 degrees Libra, fourth house. Uh, so home, I know you've just relocated, right? So home. And 24 degrees Libra would be maybe make building new relationships with community in your new uh, area, building a new foundation for what might be the rest of your life. Maybe it's settling down time. Hard to say, Susan. But the intention setting perhaps here uh, for your Mercury retrograde in that area would be to look at what it is that you can use. What is it that has stopped you from building a solid foundation in the past or, or finding home? I'm quotes home, 
because this is all about home and building relationships that are establishing a solid foundation or home for you. All right, so we also have two trines today between other planets. I think I mentioned it, Mars trine Pluto and also Venus trine Jupiter. So Mars trine Pluto is, so these are aspects that are happening outside of the new moon, right? They're not including the new moon, but they're happening in tandem with this new moon. Mars is a planet of action, right? And Pluto is power and transformation or the power in transformation. The power in letting go of the baggage in order to transform, right? To move on. So to me, this one really speaks to us about putting our power and passions to work for us in the world, getting what we truly desire or need and setting intentions that match that, right? Setting these intentions that really prove to be powerful, that put us in the power position in our own lives, that put us in the way of what we love, of doing what our what we love, but also you know expressing our passions. Then with Venus in a trine to Jupiter, what we have is a mood lift, right? We have elevation in our whole mood, in the whole way that we look at things. Our optimism is elevated. We can celebrate now. We can play. There's more generous, uh, a generous heart and spirit nature here. So we have Venus in that trine to Jupiter that is elevating our our ability to see celebration and to see happiness or joyfulness. And then we have Mars in the trine to Pluto that's putting us in the pathway of our expressing our own personal power uh, by living from our passions or setting intentions with the new moon energy behind us that are going to put us in the way of our passions, living in our passion. All right, so that's enough for the day. Um, let's take a look real quickly at the Pleiadian Earth energy, because lately it seems like I've been setting that aside, and I, I don't mean to do that, because to me it's very empowering to live life based on this calendar, because this calendar looks at the weeks as a spiral of consciousness, right? So if you're not familiar, what I'm talking about is the Pleiadian Earth energy calendar uh, by Pia Orlean and Colin Baird-Smith. They work together with this based on the Pleiadian uh, astrology and the Pleiadian calendar. So when we're looking at the Pleiadian calendar, instead of a, a seven-day week, which is really just a mechanical way of looking at the week, we're looking at it through an energy signature. And there are two main bookmarks, right? There's the day one, which sort of sets the umbrella energy for the whole of the 13 day period of time or week. Then there's the number 13, which is the the book end that we go into the process of understanding of um, integrating everything that we've learned in this previous 13 day period. It's the time for ascension. And we're ascensioning, we're moving into or upward into the next level. So we're up leveling, right? We're up leveling. And it's, a, it's meant to be a sort of seamless movement from the spiral, uh, the finishing of one spiral into the beginning of the next spiral. So it's not often um, punctuated by some major event or something that causes us to um, you know, take notice, although it can happen that way. Instead, it's a little more subtle than that. So here we are today in the energy of 13 being. Now, being energy is the first of the day signs. 
It's the first of the day signs in the Mayan calendar. It's the first of the day signs in the Pleiadian calendar. And it's represented in the Mayan calendar by Emish or the cosmic crocodile or cosmic alligator that gives birth to the universe, gives birth to the world. And in that respect, the 13 energy of ascension then is bringing us the opening, the, 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 uh, integration of everything that's come before and putting it to work in a new beginning, right? And the uh, sign of being is nurturing. It's creative energy. It's family-oriented energy. How are we serving our families here on the planet, the family, your lineage, right? It goes right beautifully with the whole idea of the new moon. Now, tomorrow, then, we enter into a whole new 13-day week or a 13-day spiral of consciousness with one breathing energy. And breathing energy is about ideas, possibilities, what's new, what can we share, what, I, what ideas are worth sharing with people, and what ideas take shape, which ideas take root, and move through the consciousness of the people. So for the next 13 days, then the overriding energy is going to be about breathing, about eek in the Mayan calendar, which was a representation of the wind. What's the, the sound we hear on the wind? What is the, the potential ideas that are coming to us from the outer world that we want to share with others and elevate? And it doesn't have to just come from the outer world because it can come from our connection to higher spirit and what intuitive uh, things are coming that we want to share. So in the Pleiadian calendar, then our next 13 day period will be about sharing those ideas where to, today we are at the, the ending, the integrating, the, um, the ascension energies of the previous 13 day period. And that one started, I believe it was feeling energy. Yeah. One feeling energy. So interesting place that we find ourselves at here right now today. <clears throat> Just a reminder, we are also in the human design week with the sun at the gate 64, the gate of confusion, the potential for confusion, but the potential for downloading from spirit, everything you need to know. And the earth at the gate 63, challenging us to let go of self-doubt, to really be in our bodies, to really be in our power, to really know our true selves. And that lasts through September 8th. And on September 9th, we move into the new week, which will be the week I said that was about epiphanies and revelation, right? So things coming to us out of the blue again. So we have a little bit of an elongated period of time where some of those new things um, can help uh, to the new, the potential, the, the possibilities can really take seed within us during this period of time. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay, um, Earthwise Reiki, part of Fortune Exact, my Virgo and Ascendant New Moon. Ooh, something good, something wonderful this way comes for you, perhaps. Just be open, set the intention for the most wonderful thing that you've been waiting for, um, and see that it happens, right? Wait for it to happen. And JLo, oops, that was, in, okay, so I, I won't even remember what that's all about, but she says, I'm lucky on the bright side. Natal Mars is in Pisces. And so I know how to navigate. If it gets too hot, I will know something is up. 
but you also know how to navigate by the stars, right? And also by the water. Where's the water flowing you to? Ursula, if time allows, fun to have you pull a Mayan card for the new moon today for our Astro family. I will do that. I also pulled, a, I also have another card I want to pull. Natasha, Libra for my hubby is in the 10th house and mine in the fourth. We might be going to clean up so old patterns. You think? Maybe. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? Um, believe love can heal. <clears throat> love can heal everything. Now, um, quickly, I don't mean to do this quickly, so maybe I'll also take this up on Friday as we have time for this because we are now in a three-month period of time <clears throat> of the new emphasis for our destiny or our path of destiny and our um, <clears throat> karma, if you will. I hate to use that word because it's so loaded. Um, our experience, right? Our experiences. And that's because the nodes have made a shift. Yesterday, they shifted out of the 1648 that they are the 16 and, oh, my mind just went blank. Oh my God. 16 and nine that they'd been in for the previous three months since just about the summer solstice. And now they've moved into the 20 and the 34. So in your human design chart, the 20 is up on the throat center and it moves down in a very beautiful right angle to meet the gate 34 in the sacral center. So for once we have the nodes in an actual channel and that happens to be the channel that is the archetype of the manifesting generator. So this is all about learning how to keep busy via response. This is going to be difficult, I think, for some of the types. All of the types except the manifesting generator who's already used to this kind of energy. But even my generators may have some difficulty with this, but certainly the projectors, the reflectors, and the manifestors are going to have this access to very busy, busy, busy energy. So it's going to be something that can actually burn you out if you're not careful or that you could be using incorrectly. So I want to make sure that we have a chat about how is it that you use this energy properly. And it's about using your energy in response to what shows up in the outer world. The 34, the gate that's on the sacral, is the gate of the busyness, right? It's the busy energy. It's the vast sustainable life force energy that is seeking an outlet. It's seeking an outlet. It works best in response to opportunities, to people, to invitations that come up in the outer world. And when it's the correct thing for you, and you do that through using your authority or your type, if you're a projector, for example, you're waiting for the invitation, that correct invitation that will likely come from the outer world and it will put you in alignment with the gate 20, the gate of the now, right? The 20 puts us in the now moment. No regrets, no shoulda, coulda, wouldas, because we are not looking backwards and no expectations that this is going to happen in this way on this date or else it's all blown up, right? No, we're not doing that. We're sitting here in this moment. We're being present, the present moment awareness as that's the only place that has life. So we want to be in response to opportunities that show up in the outer world and elevate them to this present moment. And what action can I take in this moment that supports the next steps? <clears throat> we don't want to become a train wreck by jumping into and out of different things, right? To activities. We don't want to be willy nilly. We don't want to 
jump, jump, jump. But that's a part of the manifesting generator energy. They can leap from one thing to another. They can juggle. So we may all be very tempted to embrace that kind of energy. But if you're a, a projector, manifester, reflector, that can lead you to burnout. If you're a generator, that can cause you to quit too soon and leap in and out of things. So we all need to be a little bit more aware over these next three months about how we're using our energies. Are we being, are we creating from a sustainable nature? Are we responding to what's showing up in the outer world or are we leaping from our minds, right? Are we leaping because oh, that's a great idea, let's do it, right? Are we waiting to see how that plays out in our own lifetime? So it's gonna be challenging. I think this is probably very, one of the more challenging uh, destinies uh, that we've had uh, this year. So certainly we want to be very aware and I think it deserves more time for us to look at. Maybe we'll do that more on Friday since we're already looking at close to nine o'clock here. So if you note already that you're starting to, to feel that energy pumping up, like you want to leap out, come back to home, come back to your own self, it's potential that you have a lot of energy to put towards something, but it needs to be placed in the right place at the right time with the right people, according to your type and strategy and your authority. If you have no clue what that means, go to my website and request your free human design chart and report. It can help you put that together. Um, and uh, somebody who's out there, Jayla, well, here, let me do it. Cause I don't see Asa out there this morning, www.living. Oh, that's right. She's doing a class every day this week. Uh, for the next few weeks. Oh my gosh, I can't type this morning. Living-astrology.com and request your human design chart and report. Okay. Hi, Andy girl. It's great to see you. Sending love and big hugs to everyone. Let's draw a couple of cards. And today I'm going to change it up. Thank you, uh, Ursula, for that idea about changing it up to the Mayan cards. You've got to dig them out there at the bottom of all of this pile I have of cards. Oh, it's actually right on top. So we're going to draw a Mayan card first. And this will be for the collective. For You can think of it for the new moon. We can think of it for our next steps moving on into this week. Um, we can think about it uh, in terms of what can easily ground us into the now moment. You all have the opportunity to see what this card will mean for you specifically. As we're all put together here, this card will be for everybody. And we get <laughs> unity. This card is so simple, right? A dot. In the Mayan language, the dot represented a one. So if you had two dots, then it was one plus one or two, right? One dot would be the number one, which represents unity. So unity being the first of the number cards. Let's see what that's about. I guess we could guess, right? Unity. Open your heart in unconditional love as a chalice for indivisible essence. Let the sacrament of unity be served in you. Qualities are unconditional love, the one heart, indivisible essence, core vibration, new beginnings, chalice of the infinite, all that is. How perfect for today, right? One is the ray of unity with self and source. Call forth the resonance of your true vibration. Feel the pulse of this ecstatic frequency of the one. 
you are being offered profound awakenings and the exquisite radiance of unconditional love. This is a time of new beginnings in your life. Be active in your individual expression, committed to the growth of your essence self. You contain the paradox of the separate self and unity with the one. You are simultaneously the primal point of the beginning and the crowning of culmination. You are the initiator. You are the one who opens the way. You may feel alone or separated from source. If so, stand in the unity of your essence self and focus on the reality of the one heart. You are the wisdom you seek. If you drew this card, be willing to look at how separation from source might be a major life lesson for you. Look at the language that you use that puts the divine outside of yourself. See how you are creating unnecessary self-limitation through such language and beliefs. Move the lensing of your reality out to take the broadest overview of which you are capable. Envision through the eyes of unity consciousness how your individual part fits into the whole new hologram of reality emerging. In the most expanded expression of unity consciousness, by simply being an empty and clear lens for the divine, you can release the struggle created by the ego's desire to do. Because at this level of consciousness, you simply become the focusing device through which the coherency of the divine light flows. In this simple way, you are the divine unity and plan unfolding. You are being asked to look at how the belief in competition, however subtle, keeps you stuck in non-unified awareness. As you begin to see that there is only one of us here, competition and lack of cooperation are simply non-survival oriented beliefs. As a species imperative, we would be served in unifying all apparent polarized positions such as competition and its attenuating belief in scarcity, or we will simply perish as a species. The more you love, the faster you vibrate. Changing your friends, beliefs, or the contents of your mind does not change your vibration. The ways you don't love yourself as you are now are the very ways that you keep love out and your vibration down. There is nothing outside of you that dictates your experience. Your life experiences is entirely determined by your vibration and awareness. If you want to vibrate in the frequency of unity consciousness, choose love. Wow. Okay, so here's the, uh, the oracle deck I'm using. It's called the Mayan Oracle, a galactic language of light uh, by Ariel Spilsbury and Michael Briner, <clears throat> or Brinner. And the card was unity, one. Ursula, that was the best suggestion ever. Now, I also have another deck of cards that I wanted to bring out today to play, and it's called the Wisdom of Avalon. This is one of the earlier decks by Colette Baron reed and for the longest time, it was my go-to deck. And I, as I was cleaning out this box the other day, I was like, wow, I haven't used that deck in forever. And I thought this would be a good time for us to start using this deck once more. You can tell these cards have been well-worn. <laughs> And again, this is a collective card for us. And I expect the message will be a wonderful one. <laughs> of course it is. Oh, I got the dragon. The dragon, power and strength. And the dragon's card number is 24, which is a six. Is it possible? Power and strength through love, right? The six energy of love. Let's see what the dragon says. 24. 
The dragon comes to offer you its power and strength to protect and fortify you on this leg of your journey. The dragon symbolizes true power and reminds you that this infinite source is not found within your personality or ego. True power resides deep within your soul. So call on the dragon's spiritual power and strength, and you will find a vast resource to strengthen your resolve through morality, integrity, and purpose. If you're struggling with these issues, the dragon will restore them to you. Remember that the power of the spiritual world can never be broken, um, and true strength is found within, not on, in the outside world. Never mistake a gentle man for a weak one. Watch for a signal. The dragon always makes the next step clear, and it gives you the power to take it. The dragon. I think that's a great one for this week in general. All right, you guys. Well, if you're here in the USA enjoying a holiday, enjoy it. Have a wonderful day. Maybe get out some that Venus and Jupiter energy. Go celebrate, play, and have some fun. For the rest of you, have a great week. Everybody have a great week. I don't mean just for the rest of you, but all of you have a great week. I'll see you on Friday. And uh, in the meantime, much love to all of you. Bye for now.